Welcome to The Endless Shelf. I'm your host, Renata. Each week, a book lover or creator adds a kid's book they love to our shelf. The kid-lit world is a magical place. A lot of peculiar things happen around here, but I think nothing strange is going to happen today. I think it's going to be a pretty good one. Today, I'm going to introduce my guest. Rory H. Mather is a picture book author living in southeast Queensland with his lovely little family, including a precious little baby. Rory's picture books include Vlad's Bad Breath, Vlad's In Love, Easter Hat Catastrophe, Get Back In Your Books, Rory the Lion and Monster School Rules. He recently launched two new books, Sebastian Stands Out and Book Week Bear, which we will be chatting about today. Welcome to the show, Rory. Thanks for having me, Renata. All right. So let's just start off with a few questions about your work. What do you love about kids' books? I think I just love the format and the ability to tell a story and come up with something that that's completely random and funny and it appeals so much to a younger audience. And I guess, yeah, it's just, it's just something special about them. They're magical. Lovely. How did you get into the kidlet community? So I used to work in public libraries and I discovered picture books again as an adult that way. Like a lot of adults, I thought that can't be too hard to do. And uh, <laughs> so I decided to have a crack at it and it was pretty hard to do. So a few years later, I was sort of getting my big break. But I think being involved in that kid, the community keeps you sane throughout that process because there's lots yeah. of projection and stuff <laughs> along the way. Absolutely. If you woke up tomorrow with a beard down to your belly button, would you prefer one made out of pine cones or slimy seaweed? Seaweed for sure, because yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a sea dog from way back, so. Then it'd be easier to cuddle a baby, you know, without pine cones there. They'd be a bit scratchy for her. Yeah, I mean, like, she might not like the dampness of the seaweed, but um, yeah. I suppose it could be dry seaweed. It depends. Mm. Yeah, and you could wear a raincoat. Or yeah, something. or, you know, just flick it over my shoulder. And... <laughs> yep, tie it in a plait and flick it yeah. there. That's a good strategy. What inspires your stories? The most random things in the world, Renata. So yeah. the, the latest story I wrote was just inspired by a common phrase. And the phrase had no context to what I was doing at the time. I mean, it just popped into my head just as actually I was, I was about to walk into the shower. And so I thought, all right, remember this phrase for the duration of your shower so you can <laughs> message it to yourself afterwards and write your idea. Nice. A lot of people have moments of genius in the shower. It's very interesting, isn't it? Shower, other bathroom facilities. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you ever get struck with a book idea in other strange moments? What's the weirdest one you've ever had? Um, yeah, probably not super weird, but I guess like in the middle of the night, I sometimes think I'm, I, I sort of dream a story up in my head and in my head, it's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be the one that gets picked up by Disney sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, sometimes I'm like, I'll remember this in the morning and I, I, I leave it and then I don't remember it at all. And other times I'll, I'll be like, no, 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 you have to, you have to wake up and you have to um, send yourself a text message or something. And then next day I look at the message and it's all gibberish. So yeah. <laughs> That is a very relatable story. How many toes do you have? Let me just count. One, two, three, four, ten. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So the average number of toes. I was just wondering if maybe like you had an extra toe and that was like the picture book rhyming gene was well, all like the power was hidden in that special extra toe. This is a bit of a random segue, but I do have sure. something extra, but I actually have a, a third nipple. Oh, wow. There you go. That's where it came from. Yeah. Now yeah. we know. Excellent. How does it feel to see a kid enjoying one of your books? It's honestly the best feeling in the world. Like, yeah. I think seeing a kid enjoy your books or doing colouring in or craft activities from one of your books is up there with opening your presents on Christmas Day. It's, right. it's just a fantastic feeling. That's wonderful. I'm sure with all the books you've published now that you've gotten to read it to quite a few groups yeah, of kids over the years. I, I have, but I, I always do love when parents or guardians send me a little video or a picture of yeah. their kids enjoying the stories because yeah. – Actually, I think often it's the parents, whether it's a picture, the parents have carefully done something and the kid's laughing at that and then they just happen to be holding my book, but I'm, I'm here for it anyway, so yeah. That's lovely. What's the biggest compliment you've ever gotten about one of your books? I think probably the biggest compliment is that I've had a few people say that they've laughed as well as the kids, so like they're enjoying it as well as the kids. And I think that's that's a big thing when it comes to children's literature because obviously for particularly with picture books, it's generally they're generally being read by adults as well to kids. Mm. So you really it's really crucial that uh, the adult enjoys the story as well. Like I've recently been reading Frank's Red Hat to my daughter because she can only see very minimal colours. So mm. black, white and red is perfect. Nice. She's she's loving that and I'm happy to reread that over and over again because I really like it. So yeah, yeah I think that, that's the key part. Yeah, and it's so good to know that they're not going, Oh boy, this again. I mean, I mean, I think they do. Like, I've, I've definitely, there's been a few people who, like, have said, we really love, say, like, Vlad's Bad Breath. And they're like, they'll show me one family in particular have, like, a very, very tattered copy. <laughs> and they, they obviously do love it, but probably less so after the 500th time. Right. Yeah. But you've got a major fan there. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll be able to head down to the bookstore and get one of my new books or get another copy of Blas Bad Breath if they really want, but just to give maybe a new book to give the parents a break. Yeah, expand a little bit. That's a good idea. Where do you think whales go to the toilet? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, there'd be plenty of toilets in the ocean if you can include shipwrecks. Mm, good but point. ships are often quite, quite small in comparison to a whale. I reckon they just maybe hide behind some seaweed or a, or a big rock and right, do, their, do yeah. their business. Yeah, get somewhere private, download far away from the the fishies, and yeah, um, I mean, like have have their moment. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want like to be there when the whale did their do because I imagine it would be a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, but yeah, you wouldn't want to get splashed, would you? No. Mm. Do you put on lots of funny voices when you read to children? I always try to, but sometimes you the funny voices last for the first half of the book and then after that they sort of all meld together or yep. or sometimes it's like there's a funny voice up to the point where you've got too many characters and then you run out of voices. Mm. So the best books, I think the best books for funny voices are the ones where it's just the one character. So like I read one last night about the crocodile that's looking for food and it's a, a new one that's been imported from overseas and published by Scholastic, but it was quite funny and I was able to do the one monotone What's going on here? So voice the whole way through. <laughs> nice. Yes. And it's tricky when you pick a particular sort of accent for a character and then later on in the story they say something 
a bit tricky to get your mouth yeah. around at the best of times and suddenly you're having to say it with yeah, a like different accent. There's a book I used to love reading years ago called There Are Cats in This Book and it's one of those slightly interactive texts and there's three cats in the book and then the sequel set but I always did those cats' voices in like a very posh British accent and then they each had a distinctive voice and then halfway through they just had the one voice. So <laughs> yep, They all merged. I love how your books rhyme. You do it just brilliantly. Is that something you're naturally skilled at or is it more like a muscle that you've had to develop and strengthen it's, over time? It's actually both. So I've always okay. had a, a love of rhyme. So like I can distinctly remember being a kid and writing poems um, in school and for, like for my mum for Mother's Day and whatnot. Mm. Lots of roses and reds. Uh, but also it's definitely something I did have to develop, particularly in regard to the strictness of rhyme in picture books because mm. you can think that you can rhyme and you, maybe you can rhyme well enough for a song, for example, but that's a different type of rhyme because in a song you can use near rhyme and it depends how you enunciate a word or a sound, whereas in picture books it has to be strict rhyme and that was definitely something I had to learn because I used to write song lyrics, didn't sing them because I've got a terrible singing voice, <laughs> but I tried. Yeah, so I was doing that with my picture books and – in my head, or when I spoke them out loud, they rhymed to me because I know how I want that to sound. But when you're not me and someone else reads it, it sounds dreadful. So oh, I definitely had to wow. yeah, redevelop that skill. And now, now it's gone so far that I can't not do strict rhyme. And even when I hear songs where it's okay to not do strict rhyme, I was like, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. <laughs> you're seeing the whole world through the rhyming lens, hey? Yeah. <laughs> How many onions would you say you own right now? Oh, I reckon, I think there's a bag of brown ones in the cupboard. So maybe like, it's partially used, so maybe like five in there. And then I'd kind of say two red onions. And then nice. I don't know if we can count that green, those green stalky things. What, oh, shallots. Shallots, yeah. Because yeah. I've got oh, shallots yeah. of them. Oh, okay, cool. Speaking of the book we're going to focus on shortly, what's the best book week costume you have ever worn to book week parade? Well, funny fact, I actually never, or I don't recall ever doing book week. I don't know whether it's, I was homeschooled from grade five to the end of grade eight. And, you know, so primary school from grade one to four, I was at a regular school, but that's a long time ago. So I don't really remember it super well. I do remember being dressed up as a wizard. I dressed up as Moses once, but didn't make it to school because a truck of pineapples rolled in front of us. And oh my goodness, what? We, we couldn't get past it. I, I was so that was actually my big acting role. I was going to be, I was going to play Moses. And, and you then, couldn't part the pineapples. No, I couldn't part the pineapples. Mm, uh, so that is rough. <sighs> missed opportunity there. I did last year dress up as the character from Get Back in Your Books. So I got a big wig yeah. and I tried to get a backpack and he's because he's got a very simple outfit. I didn't have a megaphone, but I used a bit of CGI and and took a picture where I inserted one into my hand because he's got a ridiculously big megaphone too. So oh, no matter what I did, I right, couldn't get yep. one big enough. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have to use your arm muscles quite that much. I mean, book week's really fun, but at the end of the day, it's one week a year and I already have a lot of things in my house, so I can't afford to <laughs> You don't want space. a bunch of gigantic props. <laughs> Are you working on anything new at the moment? Always working on new things. So yeah. I was really worried when I've got a newborn, she's 11 weeks on Monday, and I was really worried that I wouldn't find the time to write or that I'd be so busy looking after her that even if I had the ideas, I wouldn't have the time to write them. So it's actually been the opposite. I've got less time, but 
the idea is coming thick and fast and I'm, I'm yeah. making sure they get the time. And I must admit, I've written some shockers in that um, <laughs> 11 weeks, but I reckon I've probably written about maybe eight manuscripts in the last 11 weeks. And nice. I think at least She's your three. muse. Yeah, and I think three of them are pretty good. So that's <laughs> good. not a, Yeah. I can't wait to hear about them when they come down the pipeline. So, are you ready to talk about the main book we're here to chat about today? Definitely. All right. Ready and excited. The Book Week Bear. Who is the star of this particular story? It's a little girl, and this book was written as a sequel to Get Back in Your Books, and then became its own thing. And just like in Get Back in Your Books, the star doesn't actually have a name. Well, I guess I say it's a little girl, but perhaps the star of this is actually the bear. And the bear does have a name. The bear's name is Claire, although we don't know whether that's what the bear's mum calls it. It could mm. be something completely different, but yeah, something raw, 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 raw. But, <laughs> but, uh, it could be Claire in their language. It could be. It could be. I mean, translations and stuff. But so, yeah, we've got two main characters, I guess. So we've got the little girl and we've got Claire the bear. Yeah, so they're the two main characters. And the story just sort of follows their... A journey of friendship. Lovely. And so where are they going in the well, story? We start off with the little girl and she's at home. She's dressed up as an astronaut. She's ready for book week. She's telling a teddy that her costume is astronomic because you've got to chuck in the, the funny language wherever you can. She gets to school. She comes across her best friend, Claire, who she remembered had told her she was coming as a bear. And then they just sort of go about their school day. Okay. And it's book week, obviously. And it's book week. So there's going to be... ready to go. It's going to be a parade at some point, but... I saw your lovely illustrator, Ruth Mary Smith, has included what I see every single book week I've ever seen, Thing 1 and Thing 2. Yeah. It's always a Thing 1 and Thing 2. What are they from again? Remind me. Yeah, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. Friends of Cat in the Hat. That's Um, right, yeah. So, they've gone into school. They're going through the normal school day, right? They're going to different classes and things. Different classes. They've got cooking class and drama. They've got lunchtime, of course, as you have to have. They pop into the library for a little bit, and there's a one of my favourite parts of this book is the little reference. There's a little, what are they called? Easter egg, I think, for Get Back in Your Books is in this book. Yeah, that is so clever. I love that. Well, I was actually surprised they ended up doing it because, I, I mean, obviously, it's they're both classic, so they can do it, but I wasn't sure because that Easter egg was only there because it was meant to be a sequel. So it was just an illustration note, and I'm so glad they kept it in there. I think, it, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's essential. So we're going into the Book Week Parade now, and who is the winner? Hey, hey, Renata, yeah. what's, up, what's up behind you? It looks, it looks like a oh. big purple tail. Oh, my goodness. Renata, Renata. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Run. Oh, oh, my goodness. There's, there's a giant dragon in here. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. What are you doing in here? Is this happening on your podcast? <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. Put that down this instant. Whoa! Hey, this is a non-smoking cave, buddy. Thank you for listening to The Endless Shelf. Renata can't host the podcast right now because her laptop has been stolen by a purple cartoon dragon. Please like, rate and subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us at Endless Shelf Pod on Instagram to find out what happens next. 
to Rory for being our very first guest. The Endless Shelf couldn't sound this good without tech expert Matt and our content advisor, Louise. A big thank you to our branding creator, Kristen, from Tondo Creative. And thanks to you, our listeners. Talk to you next week.